Section 3 of Apology by Tertullian, translated by Charles Dodgson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by David Ronald. Section 3 of Apology by Tertullian. You do not, say ye, worship the gods, and you offer not sacrifices for the emperors. It followeth that we sacrifice not for others, for the same reason for which we do not even for ourselves, simply from not worshipping the gods. It is for sacrilege, therefore, and treason that we are arraigned. This is the chief point in the case, nay, it is the whole, and certainly worthy of being considered, if neither presumption nor injustice are to judge it, the one despairing to find, the other rejecting, truth. We cease to worship your gods from the time when we discover that they are no gods, this therefore ye ought to require, that we prove that they be no gods, and therefore not to be worshipped, because then only ought they to have been worshipped if they had been gods. Then also ought the Christians to be punished if it were proved that those are gods whom they worshipped not, because they thought them not to be so. But to us ye say, they are gods. We challenge this, and appeal from yourselves to your conscience. Let that judge us, let that condemn us if it shall be able to deny that all these gods of yours were men. If she too herself would go about to deny it, she shall be convicted out of her own documents of antiquity from whence she hath learned to know them, which bear witness to this day, both to the cities in which they were born, and to the countries wherein, having wrought any thing, they have left traces of themselves, nay, even those in which they are proved to have been buried. Nor shall I run through all separately, so many as they are, and so great, new, old, barbarian, Gretchen, Roman, foreign, taken in war, adopted, peculiar, common, male, female, of the country, of the town, of the fleet, of the army. It is idle to go over their very titles. Let me sum up all in brief, and that, not that ye may learn, but be reminded of them, for certainly ye act as though ye had forgotten them. Before Saturn there is, according to you, no god. From him is the date of all deity, though better or better known than himself. Whatever therefore shall be proved of the origin, the same will also follow of the line. Touching Saturn, therefore, as far as books teach, neither Diodorus, the Greek, nor Thales, nor Cassius Severus, nor Cornelius Nepos, nor any of that class of writers on antiquities, have pronounced him to be aught else than a man. If we measure by the evidence of facts, I nowhere find any more trustworthy than in Italy itself, wherein Saturn, after many travels, and after his entertainment in Attica, settled, being received by Janus or Janes, as the Sally will have it, the mountain which he had dwelt in was called Saturnius. The city which he had planted is even to this day Saturnia. Finally, the whole of Italy, after being called Onatora, was surnamed Saturnia. From him came first your tablets, and coins stamped with an image, and hence he presideth over the treasury. But if Saturn be a man, surely he is born of a man, and, because of a man, surely not of heaven and earth. But it easily came to pass that one, whose parents were unknown, should be called the son of those, of whom we may all be thought to be sons. For who may not call heaven and earth his father and mother, in the way of reverence and respect, or according to the custom of men, whereby persons unknown or unexpectedly appearing are said to have dropped down upon us from the skies. In like manner it happened to Saturn, coming unexpected everywhere, to be called heaven-born. For even the vulgar called those, whose birth is uncertain, sons of earth. 
I say nothing of men being as yet in so rude a condition that they might be moved by the appearance, as though divine, of any strange man, when even polished as they are to this day, men consecrated as gods, those whom a few days before they acknowledged by a public mourning to be dead. Enough now, little as it is, of Saturn. I shall shew that Jupiter also was as well a man born of a man, and so, in order, that the whole swarm of his descendants were as mortal as they were like the seed whence they sprung. And since, as ye dare not deny, these two have been men, so ye have determined to affirm that they became gods after their death, let us treat of the causes which have worked out this effect. In the first place, indeed, ye must needs allow that there is some superior god, and some dispenser of deity who hath made gods out of men. For neither could they have assumed to themselves that deity which they had not, nor could any give it to them which had it not, save one who in his own proper right possessed it. But if there were no one to make them gods, in vain do ye presume that they were made gods, when ye refuse them a maker. Surely if they could have made themselves, they would never have been men, to wit as possessing in themselves the power of belonging to an higher state of being. Wherefore, if there be one who maketh gods, I return to examine the reasons for making gods out of men, and I find none, unless it be that that great god lacked their services and aid in divine functions. First, it is unworthy of him that he should need the aid of any man, and that a dead one, seeing that he, who was about to lack the aid of a dead man, might more worthily have made some god from the first but I do not even see any room for such aid, for all this body of the universe, whether, according to Pythagoras, without beginning and without a maker, or, according to Plato, having a beginner and a maker, in any case being once for all, in the very act of its conception, disposed and furnished and ordered, was found with the government of perfect reason. That could not be imperfect which perfected all things. Nothing awaited Saturn and the race of Saturn, men must be fools if they be not assured that from the beginning rain hath fallen from heaven and stars have beamed and light hath shot forth and thunders have roared and jupiter himself hath feared those bolts which ye place in his hands that all fruit likewise sprang abundantly from the earth before bacchus and ceres and minerva yea before that first man whosoever he was because nothing provided for the maintenance and support of man could have been introduced after man Finally, they are said to have discovered these necessities of life, not to have made them, but that which is discovered was, and that which was, will not be accounted his who discovered, but his who made it, for it was before it was discovered. Further, if Bacchus be therefore a god, because he first made known the vine, Lucellus, who first introduced cherries, generally into Italy, hath been hardly dealt with, because, being the pointer out, he was not thereupon deified as the author of a new fruit. Wherefore, if the universe hath existed from the beginning, both ordered and dispensed by fixed laws for the exercise of its functions, there lacketh a cause in this particular for admitting man to the Godhead, because the posts and powers which ye have assigned to them have existed just as much from the beginning as they would have even if ye had not created these gods. But ye betake yourselves to another reason, and answer that the conferring deity upon them was a means of rewarding their merits, and hence ye grant, I suppose, that this God-making God is excellent in justice, one who would not rashly, nor unworthily, nor lavishly dispense so great a reward. 
I would therefore recount their merits, whether they be such as should raise them to heaven, and not rather sink them down into the nethermost hell, which, when ye choose, ye affirm to be the prison-house of eternal punishments. For thither are the wicked wont to be thrust, and such as are unchaste towards their parents, and their sisters, and the debauchers of wives, and the ravishers of virgins, and the corrupters of boys, and they who are of angry passions, and they who kill, and they who steal, and they who deceive, and whosoever are like some god of yours, not one of whom will ye be able to prove free from crime or vice, unless ye shall deny that he was a man. But as ye cannot deny that they were men, ye have, besides these marks which do not either allow it to be believed, that they were afterwards made gods, for if ye sit in judgment for the punishment of such men, if all who are among you are honest, refuse the intercourse, the conversation, the company, of the evil and the base, and if that God hath admitted their compeers to a fellowship to his own majesty, why then condemn ye those who fellows ye worship? Your justice is a stigma upon heaven. Make all your worst criminals gods, that ye may please your gods. The deifying of their fellows is an honor to them, but to omit farther discussion of this, their unworthiness, grant that they be honest, and pure, and good. Still how many better men have ye left in the shades below? In wisdom, a Socrates, in justice, an Aristides, in warlike arts, a Themistocles, in greatness of soul, an Alexander, in good fortune, a Polycrates, in wealth, a Croesus, in eloquence, a Demosthenes. Which of these gods of yours was more grave and wise than Cato? more just and warlike than Scipio, which more great of the soul than Pompey, more fortunate than Sylla, more wealthy than Crassus, more eloquent than Tully? How much more worthily would he have waited for these to be adopted as gods, for knowing as he must the better men? He was hasty, I trow, and shut up heaven once for all, and now blusheth, doubtless, to see better men grumbling in the shades below. I say no more now of these, as knowing that, when I have shewn what they are, I shall by the very force of truth shew what they are not. As touching your gods, therefore, I see names only, the statues of certain dead men of olden time, and I hear fables, and in their fables I read their mysteries. But as touching the images themselves, I find nothing else than materials akin to vessels and instruments of common use, or from these same vessels and instruments as though changing their destiny by their consecration, the wantonness of art transforming them, and that too most insultingly, and in the work itself sacrilegiously, so that in the very truth it may be a consolation to us in our punishments, especially since we are punished on account of these very gods, that they themselves also suffer the same things, in order that they may be made. Ye put Christians upon crosses and stakes, what image doth not the clay first form, moulded upon a cross and a stake? It is on the giblet that the body of your God is first consecrated. Ye tear the sides of Christians with claws, but upon your gods hatchets and planes and files are more stoutly laid over all their limbs. We lay down our necks, until lead and glue and pegs are used, your gods are headless. We are driven to the beasts, those surely which you attach to Bacchus and to Cybele and to Celestis. We are burned with fire, so too are they in their original mass. We are condemned to the mines, it is thence that your gods are derived. We are banished to islands, in an island also one or other of your gods useth to be born or to die. If by such means any deity is formed, then those who are punished are deified, and your condemned criminals ought to be called gods. 
but clearly your gods feel not these injuries and insults in the forming of them as neither do they the honours paid to them o impious words o sacrilegious revilings gnash your teeth and foam upon us ye are the same men who approve of a sinisa declaiming against your superstition in more copious and bitter words wherefore if we worship not statues and cold images very like their dead originals which the kites and the mice and the spiders well know did not the renouncing of the discovered error deserve praise rather than punishment for can we think that we injure those who we are sure have no being at all that which is not suffereth nothing from any because it is not but sayest thou they are gods to us and how is it that ye on the other hand are found to be impious and sacrilegious and irreligious towards those gods neglecting those whom ye presume to exist destroying those whom ye fear and even mocking those whom ye avenge mark whether i speak falsely first in that when ye worship some one some another of course ye offend those whom ye worship not the preference of one cannot go on without the slight of another because there is no choice without rejection ye despise then at once those whom ye reject whom ye fear not by rejecting to offend for as we have before shortly hinted the case of each god depended upon the judgment of the senate he was not a god whom man after consultation had refused and by refusing had condemned your household gods whom ye call laris ye deal with according to your household rights by pledging selling changing them sometimes from a saturn into a chamber vessel sometimes from a minerva into a pan as each hath become worn and battered by being long worshipped as each man hath found his household need the more sacred god your public gods ye equally profane by public right whom ye have in the register as a sort of revenue thus the capital thus the herb market is bid for under the same proclamation of the crier under the same spear in the same catalogue of the quiester deity is consigned and hired but in truth lands charged with the tribute are of less value men assessed for a poll tax are less noble for those are the marks of villainage but the gods who pay the highest tribute are the most holy yea rather they who are the most holy pay the highest tribute their majesty is made a source of gain religion goeth about the taverns begging ye exact payment for a footing in the temple for access to the sacred rite ye may not know the gods for nothing they have their price what do ye at all to honour them which ye do not bestow on your dead men also temples all the same altars all the same the same dress and badges on the statue as the dead man hath his age hath his profession hath his occupation so hath the god how doth the funeral feast differ from the feast of jupiter a bull from a chalice an embalmer from a soothsayer for a soothsayer also attendeth on the dead but rightly do ye offer divine honours to your deceased emperors to whom even when living ye assign them your gods will count themselves your debtors yea will be thankful because their masters are made their equals but when among your junos and ceresis and dianus ye worship larentina a public harlot i would at least it had been lace or phryne when ye install simon magnus with a statue and the title of an holy god when ye make i know not whom out of the court pages a god of the synod although your ancient gods be not more noble yet they will account it a slight on your part that that hath been allowed to others also which they alone had from the earliest ages pre-engaged i am unwilling to recount also your sacred rites i say not what your behaviour is in sacrificing when ye offer up all your dying and rotting and scabbed animals 
when from those that are fat and sound ye cut off all the superfluous parts the heads and the hoofs which even in your own houses ye would have set aside for your slaves and your dogs when of the tithe due to hercules ye lay not even one-third part upon his altar i will rather praise your wisdom for that ye save somewhat of that which is thrown away but turning to your books by which ye are instructed in prudence and in honourable duties what mockeries do i find gods fighting on account of the trojans and greeks matched against each other like pairs of gladiators venus wounded with an arrow by a man because she would fain deliver her own son aeneas lest he should be slain by the same diomede mars almost wasted to death by imprisonment in chains for thirteen months jupiter delivered by the aid of a kind monster lest he should suffer the same violence from the rest of the gods and now weeping for the fall of serapidon now foully lusting after his own sister and recounting to her his mistresses not loved for a long time past so much as her thenceforward what poet is not found to be a degrader of the gods after the example of his master one assigneth apollo to king admetus for feeding his cattle another letteth out to laomedon the services of neptune as a builder and there is that one among the lyric poets pindar i mean who singeth of aesculapius being punished by a thunderbolt as the reward of his covetousness because he had practised medicine sinfully wicked jupiter if the bolt be his unnatural towards his grandson jealous towards his craftsman these things ought neither to be disclosed if true nor invented if false among the most religious of all people not even the tragic and comic writers spare them or forbear to cite in their prologues the distresses and the frailties of the family of some one of the gods of the philosophers i say nothing content with socrates who in mockery of the gods swore by an oak and a goat and a dog but say ye socrates was on that account condemned because he disparged the gods verily of old time indeed at all times truth is hated nevertheless when in repenting of their sentence the athenians both punished afterwards the accusers of socrates and set up a golden statue of him in a temple the reversal of his condemnation bore testimony in behalf of socrates but diogenes too has some jest upon hercules and the roman cynic varro introduceth three hundred joves or perhaps i should say jupiters without heads end of apology of tertullian section three